there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hosted by functional medicine physician, Dr. Nicole Rivera, and functional medicine nutritionist, Brooke Scheller. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. Uh, I am Dr. Nicole, and I am here with Brooke Scheller, the functional medicine nutritionist here at Integrative Wellness Group, and we are going to talk about a very controversial topic today, uh, vaccination, and we're really trying to bring just a very unbiased, um, not necessarily approach, but unbiased information about vaccination and really when the timing is right for vaccines, but in addition just some vital information that you should be considering when you are deciding on your vaccine schedule. You know, I know that there is a group of people out there that are anti-vaccinators, and then there's groups of people that are very passionate about vaccination. And I really understand both sides of it. And with that being said, there's certain things to consider that could potentially open you up to having reactions to vaccines And this really comes down to some things that could happen during pregnancy into the type of birth, as well as uh, things that can occur within the first few months of life. So these are some of the things that we're going to touch on today, just to really give you some great information about, you know, some of the things to consider when you are deciding to vaccinate versus not, um, as well as, you know, deciding even on the schedule. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought up the point of coming at it from an unbiased angle because I think, like you said, there's so many different things out there. And when you're looking at it from an alternative approach, it's a little bit terrifying. You know, you don't know you want to do the right thing for your kid and you're not really sure what that is. And you might have, you know, a a holistic style doctor saying don't vaccinate and then your pediatrician saying you must vaccinate. And then there's all these movies and and controversial articles and things coming out. So I think it's really great to kind of just share some of this information with our listeners and give you a little bit more in your arsenal to make the best decision for your children. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that, you know, the the group out there that are the anti-vaccinators, you know, it's not as black and white as saying, you know, do it versus don't do it. And the reason why I say that is most of the time, if a child becomes vaccine injured, it is because it's the straw that broke the camel's back. There were other things that were going on that caused them to be immune compromised in the first place. And then whatever it was, if it was the actual vaccine, if it was the timing of the vaccine, it was just something that took the immune system over the edge and then caused some type of reaction. So there's a lot of things to consider. It's not as black and white as saying it was only the vaccine that created X, Y, or Z. There are other things that play into it. Yeah, and I think another big point is that when we were younger, it was much less common, I think, to see vaccine injuries or maybe wasn't as much of a hot topic back then. I know when we grew up, we were vaccinated. Our Mm -hmm. parents were all vaccinated. Um, And I think another big thing that we did want to touch on is the vaccine schedule because 
Uh, nowadays, they are doing quite a bit more vaccines than they were in the past. There are certain vaccines that have multiple rounds. And so, um, you know, a lot of parents look at it as, uh, we were all vaccinated and we don't have any problems, so why wouldn't I vaccinate my child? Of course. Um, and so there is quite a difference between the vaccines, uh, their makeup, but also the schedule now versus, let's say, 10, 15, and 20 years ago. Definitely. And especially 20 years ago, things have changed a lot. But, um, you know, the, the common statistic is that there's about 64 vaccines by the age of 15. 55 of them are before the age of 5. And some of you listening might say, I have my vaccine schedule in front of me. That's not accurate. But one of the things to, to really understand is when you are looking at your vaccine schedule recommended by your pediatrician, don't get me wrong, everybody has a little bit different of a schedule. But more importantly is, um, as an example, one of the vaccines is called Prevnar 13. And uh, that is actually 13 doses of a vaccination or 13 vaccines in one sitting. So I think that that is something that is an eye opener for people because, you know, you might look and say, oh, this schedule is pretty normal. It's, you know, it's very similar to maybe what I had when I was a kid, but um, they are compounding many vaccines into, you know, one sitting or one visit. So it's just kind of being armed with that information to see if you do want to spread any of that out. Yeah. And I think that's another point too, because um, now they're combining a lot of the vaccines that they hadn't done previously, and it's a question of if some of those are safe to be combined together. Of course, of course. And, you know, and the, the biggest thing to know is there's aluminum and there's mercury in vaccines. You know, again, do we really know if those are things that are creating a lot of problems or, you know, causing things like autism? I, I don't know if we really know that for sure. Again, there's a lot of other factors to consider. But aluminum and mercury are not great for us. They're definitely things that are toxic to our, our nervous system, our brain, and our spinal cord. So, you know, it is something to consider when you are doing them at such a young age, um, you know, because there are certain vaccines that have higher levels of aluminum than others, um, especially the HPV vaccine, which is uh, Jardasil, which is the three rounds for uh, cervical cancer. So again, it's just really having that knowledge of knowing that it's not just the vaccine anymore, there is additives in there that are used as preservatives. Yeah, so let's jump into talking, I know we mentioned kind of pregnancy, birth, and then after birth, some of the signs maybe to look for uh, to maybe changing your schedule. So let's start with pregnancy. What are some things in the mom's pregnancy that we can take a look at to give us more information about it? Um, well, with pregnancy, I would say the biggest things are if mom is really battling some severe morning sickness, um, typically that is an indicator for folic acid, B12, as well as choline deficiencies. So if mom is deficient, then typically baby is deficient as well. So that is definitely something that can affect the immune system once the baby is born. Um, also, if mom is starts to develop really bad um, gastrointestinal disturbances, so if mom is really having a, a troublesome time with her, her digestion, she's having a lot of stomach aches, she's really, she's maybe constipated, diarrhea, you know, kind of any of the above, there's something that's going on in the gastrointestinal system. It's not always that it was some type of bug contracted during pregnancy. Sometimes it is that. Sometimes it's just, you know, the hormone changes kind of activate some of the underlying issues that were already there in mom's gut. 
So anything in mom's gut, no matter if it's good or if it's bad, if it's probiotic, it, probiotics, if it's bad bacteria, if it's parasites, unfortunately, baby will get that as well. And just as a disclaimer, we did do a full podcast on the baby's microbiome and how uh, your health during, during pregnancy can affect that as well. So for more information on that, please take a listen to that podcast. And I would say the other thing is uh, viruses. So if mom does have a lot of infections, which unfortunately looking at viruses is not the most common run of the mill during blood work, but everything from different strains of herpes simplex, you know, if it's the cold sores or if it's the actual genital herpes, um, something else called HHV6, um, Epstein-Barr virus, walking pneumonia, all of these different things um, can definitely be within mom and then potentially be passed to baby as well. So again, you know, no matter if it's different infections in the gut or if it's different types of infections in the blood, you know, the baby is already starting life with a fragile immune system. Now also this immune system that is not fully developed has to fight these different infections. So this is pretty much saying this baby is potentially immune compromised and maybe won't handle a, the normal vaccine schedule as well. Yeah, and just as a disclaimer, viruses don't mean that you'll even be experiencing a whole lot of symptoms. Mm -hmm. This is something that we see a whole lot when testing people. They might have some fatigue, they might have a little bit of discomfort or a little bit of muscle aches, um, but actually doing the testing, we find that they have Epstein-Barr and herpes simplex virus and all these different things it doesn't necessarily mean that you'd have to be physically ill to have them. So keep that in mind um, as well. Yeah. And because they don't cause the symptoms, it doesn't mean that they're not problematic. It really just means that your immune system is very, very overworked and it will potentially open you up to autoimmune conditions just because your immune system is so taxed out for such long periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the actual birthing process and how that's going to affect the baby's health. So with the birthing process, I know typically um, a lot of babies are being born within hospitals, which is totally fine, um, but it really depends on if we end up going C-section route, natural birth route. So going through the vaginal canal really allows the baby to get exposed to some really good quality bacteria from the mother, which then starts to build the immune system in a positive way. Unfortunately, with C-section, they're not going to get exposed to the same bacteria, which then can, you know, not necessarily build their immune system the way that it normally would build. So their immune system is just going to be a little bit more fragile than a, than a natural birth. Um, you know, I would say the only downfall of hospitals is there's a lot of foreign bacteria and, and just general infections within hospitals. There's a lot of different types of antibiotic resistant bacterias as well. So unfortunately, being born in hospitals, you know, you can't always be in control of those things and potentially your baby could get exposed to different types of microbes that are, are not that friendly to a infant or a new immune system. So it's definitely something to consider, um, you know, especially if mom developed something like strep B during her pregnancy and had to go on antibiotics, or if mom had to go on antibiotics at any point through the birthing process or even through the pregnancy, if mom was on antibiotics, that was definitely depleting a lot of the good flora. So that means that a lot of the good protective flora that we call probiotics was not also available to the baby. So again, compromising of the immune system. 
So, and the last thing I would say with the birthing process is really the skin to skin is so important because, you know, we mentioned the different types of beneficial bacteria in the mom's vaginal tract, but in addition, mom does have really beneficial bacteria on her skin that we do want the baby to be exposed to as well to start, again, further building that immune system. Right. Great. So then once the baby is born, obviously mom can assess at that point and look at you know, the, their pregnancy, their birthing process. But then after the baby's born, the first few months of life are really crucial as well. So what are some of the things that mom can look for, whether that's the baby's habits or certain things in the environment that could be uh, putting them at risk for a depleted immune system? Yeah, I think that a lot of things that we're going to mention right now are things that are kind of deemed normal. Um, they're deemed no big deal. Um, but they're all signs. And they're signs to say that there's something going on and it's something that should be explored. And this is everything from having a colicky baby, a uh, baby that's crying a lot, a uh, baby that is dealing with uh, some type of gastrointestinal distress, if it's you know loose bowel movements, if it's discolored bowel movements, if it's constipation. Also, different manifestations in the skin. We might start to see eczema, different types of rashes, or very frequent diaper rashes. We might see hives. Um, and we might even see trouble breastfeeding. Maybe the baby is not tolerating the breast milk um, very well. And that is something that is really a huge sign saying that there is something going on in this baby's gastrointestinal system. And this really can come back to different types of pathogens, bad bacteria, bad you know, parasites, whatever it is, that could already be in the baby's gut. So trouble breastfeeding, um, mainly for the baby to not be able to digest the breast milk, is really a big warning sign to say, you know, there's something else going on. Um, and then allergies, of course. Um, you know, if you are breastfeeding, that's one thing. But if you choose to do formula and your baby is having issues with dairy or they're having issues with soy or whatever it is, um, that is an immune system reaction. So that means, again, the immune system is being triggered. It is being taxed out. So these are things that really you need to not brush off. Um, you need to consider them as warning signs to say there is some type of imbalance in the baby's immune system. So it's definitely really important to address them sooner than later. Yeah, and I think it's really glad that you mentioned that a lot of these are deemed really normal. We see women all the time, um, babies having hives, they see the dermatologist, they get a cream and no big deal. But it's definitely an indicator that there could something be something potentially going on inside, um, alluding to some of these changes in the immune system. And one of the things that I didn't mention, and which I feel like is very common, is reflux. And uh, the reflux is something that is almost deemed to be pretty normal in uh, young babies. But the reflux, again, is showing some level of gastrointestinal distress. It's not normal that the baby would be spitting up. Um, especially if it's projectile or discolored or anything like that. So again, take it as a warning sign and explore what it potentially can be. Right. And this isn't meant to, to be instilling fear in you at all, but just to take a little bit deeper of a look and not just kind of deem it as something that's normal and something that happens to a lot of children, potentially seeking out some type of healthcare just to take a deeper dive. Of course. And, you know, the biggest thing is, is, with a lot of the things that we're talking about, you know, gastrointestinal issues, you know, um, colic, whatever it is, a lot of the, the routes or a lot of the recommendations that are made are, are band-aids. It's like, okay, well, let's put the baby on some type of PPI or protein pump, proton pump inhibitor if they're dealing with reflux. 
or if there's eczema or hives, let's put a cream on it. You know, we're not really looking to say like, what is the cause? Is there something else going on? Let's get to the root, nip it in the butt and just be able to move on. So we kind of put these band-aids on these things and then later on we start to see other issues with, with our kids. Maybe their immune system isn't the best. Maybe they're getting chronic ear infections. Maybe they're getting strep throat all the time. Maybe they have behavioral issues. You know, it's way too common that thing, these things are happening nowadays. And, um, and I'm not saying the only culprit is going to be these different types of infections. Um, they are part of the puzzle. So there's other things also that could be going on. Yeah, so what are some of those other things that maybe could be affecting the baby in the first few months of life, maybe environmentally? Yeah, so a lot of things we mentioned are really the symptoms that you'll see, but environmentally, I would say one of the biggest things uh, to consider if your child is having some abnormal symptoms is, uh, do you live in a moldy home or is your child being exposed to mold? Mold, unfortunately, is one of the most uh, detrimental things to the immune system. So maybe your birth was amazing, your pregnancy was fantastic, but then still your child is having some issues and that definitely can be due to mold exposure at a very, very early age. Um, an interesting statistic as well, and I am the firstborn, so thanks mom for what I'm about to say. Um, one of the things that has been found in some of the research is that the firstborn gets 80% of mom's mercury load. So I found that to be a very interesting statistic, uh, again, because I am firstborn. I ended up having pretty bad mercury issues when I did my testing later on in life. Um, I do contribute a lot of it to uh, fish and, and eating tons of sushi and things like that. But, um, but I found that to be rather interesting. So, you know, if you are the firstborn or your firstborn is having issues, you know, just know that if there was mercury undiagnosed in your body, it could have potentially affected the baby and again, compromise their immune system. Yeah, so this has definitely been a lot of information, you know, looking at a lot of different areas of baby's health. So when mom is kind of getting started on this process, where would you say that she should really start with, you know, making these decisions? Well, I guess first and foremost is, is getting, um, I guess first and foremost is working with your pediatrician and see what the recommended schedule is for vaccination. Um, you know, getting the whole picture again, you know, as that example we used before, you know, something like the Prevnar 13 technically is 13 viruses in one. So you are going to get a lot more exposure than maybe you realize because it is listed as a single vaccine on the schedule. So, you know, kind of diving a little bit deeper into the recommendations. And then from there, just taking into consideration, um, how was your pregnancy? How was the birth? Um, you know, how is your baby now acting as an infant? Is the baby really healthy? Is the baby having any issues? Is the baby, you know, having colic or having the gastrointestinal discomfort or having any skin issues or, or having trouble breastfeeding? These are all things to take into consideration. So after you kind of take inventory on the pregnancy, the birth, and then also just how your baby is functioning, you'll be able to make a better decision on, you know, if vaccinating is right for you and or if you want to work with your pediatrician on a different schedule. And I think that this is really just intended to give you the knowledge um, that I think a lot of people don't talk about because, again, there is don't get me wrong, if you have a child who is vaccine injured, you're obviously very passionate about not wanting anyone to go through that process because 
you know, it, it's difficult and, and to really see, you know, your child decline in front of you, I'm sure is not an easy thing. But the thing is, is you have to consider what were some of the underlying things that were happening at that time that opened your child up to having that type of reaction. And, you know, and I think that a lot of people can relate because we do hear of some children that have a negative reaction and then we hear of kids that are totally fine. So, you know, as just the lay person, we might be like, I don't know what's right. But if you do know that your pregnancy was really tough, you had a really tough birth as well. And one of the things we didn't mention was fertility treatment. If you did end up going through fertility treatment, and we do have a podcast on this that goes a little bit deeper, but if you did go through fertility treatment, it's maybe because your body wasn't well equipped for a healthy pregnancy. So that could, again, potentially have you know some impact on your baby because maybe your baby doesn't have as many nutrients that weren't was not passed from you, or maybe your baby was passed some of the different microbes in your gut, and those things, again, will compromise the immune system. So taking all of this information into consideration so that you feel empowered and you also feel um, knowledgeable enough to go in and speak with your pediatrician about what is right for you and your family. Yeah, and as always, we like to offer a free 15-minute consultation with all of our podcasts because you know a lot of women might have more specific questions on their baby's health, about specific things that they've experienced, and we definitely run a, real, a lot of really great testing and do a lot of different things to help mom and children and babies kind of get the best information to stay well-equipped and work with their physician on that vaccine schedule. So uh, if that's something that you'd like to set up, you can visit integrativewellnessgroup.com and we would be happy to chat with you for a few minutes about it. Um, as always, thank you for listening. We would love it if you would subscribe to us on iTunes and please feel free to write a rating and review. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.